1: Well, I'm not the blonde bomber. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. But this is Coach Danny Broussard. I'm the guest host today for Jordy. Glad to be filling in for him today, and I want to welcome all of our listeners. Uh, we just had Coach Dale Brown on the first hour of the show, and uh, wow, what a what a what a remarkable guy he is. He's he's, he's just one of the one of the finest men i've ever met and, and I, I should say intelligent i mean there's guys who you know top five of the smartest guys I've ever met harvey Bollock and dale brown harvey i know you're not listening you're in austin but i'll put you out right of there with dale brown anyway uh, now for the second hour uh we're going to start off with a guy that i know pretty pretty well uh it happens to be my brother uh and that's coach ricky broussard ricky are you with us I, I am. I am. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the Jordy Holberg show. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm here in Thibodeau, Louisiana. There you go. And you got some big shoes to fill, huh?
1: Yeah, Rick. Hard I, hard I, hard I, hard. Yeah, Rick. I probably should have put Britt Dale Brown last. and some hard shoes to, after that interview. <laughs> I, 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 there's not many people that could top could top that. So.
2: <laughs> you no know, man. I'm- I was gonna, I was gonna say that, man. You, why the hell you put me following Dale Brown?
1: (laughs) I got you, I got you, Rico. We'll, we'll be all right. Yeah,
2: I followed Dale once before. Let me tell you what happened. Okay. Lyle Mouton. I was recruiting Lyle Mouton. Yeah. I think I was in South Florida then. Yep. And and I gave it my best shot. I went in there and did a home visit, you know. Yep. And I'll be Dale Brown had uh, gone either the the day or night before, I believe. (laughs) <laughs> and uh Kyle Muton Senior told me, he said, You know, Ricky, you're pretty damn good. You're really good. He said, in fact, he said if they, if Daddy Dale hadn't come in here I think <laughs> I think Lob <well>, <laughs> Lot <Lord. laughs>
1: Daddy if Dale, that's right. You know? yeah. Oh
2: yeah, he said he bought oh yeah, he said nobody's better. They'll Nobody.
1: Bu- no, you're right, you're right. Uh so so Rick you know I again we got listeners I'm sure you know I know a lot, of, a lot of them know the story but there's probably some that that don't quite know know the story you know but I tease everybody that I said well yeah Ricky Ricky Rick, rigged it all up for me to be the head coach cuz you know they asked me how could you be a head coach at STM at 22 years old and I said well let me tell you the story so uh yeah. you, you know yeah you you know you came with Fatiman cathedral consolidate and and uh you know uh heck you know uh, Keith Meyer is hell of a coach was that was that cathedral you were at fatima and i'm sure they you know yeah, i'm sure that's they right. yeah, yeah that's I'm right. sure.
2: i am sure forgot about that yeah. yeah i'm sure they you know I'm and, sure and, and and a lot right. of the, some some of the board members you know the real basketball enthusiasts yeah and they wanted to go after the, one of these new orleans coaches that had a big reputation like jimmy Tillette or Dwayne Rebo, uh-huh. guys like that you yeah. know and so um and I, of course I, I knew you man i had you coaching what fourth grade danny, when you when you were in the ninth grade, I think you were coaching fourth grade yep. fifth grade basketball yep. at Mo. yeah, yep. I had you coaching uh, <laughs> every year, and then I told you when you were in college that the, w- one of the things you should do is go referee it's a, well, it's and, a, a, uh, one of the best best advice cu- go ahead. Go ahead. Cu- and everything yeah. that you became a very good referee in fact yeah. anyway, yeah, so from that man, I knew you had the background, you know you, you, you had you had maturity way beyond your your yeah, your, your age, you know. Yeah. But, look, I want I to tell this story. You uh, know I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> well, you know, we start St. Thomas More, right? So you, my assistant coach, every day at lunchtime, we're getting together, talking basketball. So, anyway, we're in cafeteria line. First day goes by. Second day goes by. Man, about the fourth or fifth day, you got tired. You said, ma'am, could I have a little bit more food on my plate like like the like. Coach Art here has. She says, oh, no. She says, uh, we give the, te- the, the the students a smaller portion <laughs> than the teachers.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that
2: like and it was yesterday. I laugh at that <laughs> every time I think about it. You know, you're 22 years old, but, you know, man, you, you're not tall, <laughs> and you're young-looking, yeah. and man they thought you were
1: them students i that's, said i remember it like it was yesterday Ricky, that poor that poor cafeteria lady she turned red as could be she she was so embarrassed but i'll tell hey rick i'll
3: tell you what but after Danny, that i
2: had to go yeah. honestly though yeah. you know it was in january and we were three and oh in district yeah and uh, i had i went to the board of course i knew the board and yeah. everything so i went to them kind of individual said hey listen I said, I know Danny's young, and I said, and uh, I can understand y'all want to get a, the best coach for St. Thomas More. But yeah. I said, look, give him a chance. Let him coach the rest of this year. He yeah. knows the plays. Right. He knows all of the, the 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 players. They like him. I said, I think, I, and then and then you can you know then you can open it up right. and select who you are. Right. Of course, I don't know. I think you went to the state semifinals or something like that, and then, <laughs> of course. <laughs> they had no choice. They had to hurry. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Been, right. Been there for
1: yeah, yeah. The forty, forty years now, going on forty. That's crazy. Forty yeah. years. My yeah. God, I can't
2: believe it, that, Danny. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, Ricky, listen. I wanna, uh, You know, I don't get a chance to do this very often. Uh, I know you. You brag on me. You tell yeah. people that yeah. everything you learned in basketball is from me, yep. which is not really true. But uh, I, I know you. You. You get up at, at uh, and speak all over the place and to say about, uh, you know, uh, which, you know, things about me. Yeah. But now I get a chance to say something about you. Look, I, I knew at an early age, Danny, you were a leader. Uh, you were something special, man. I, I never forget. I go to your high school graduation, and uh, I think you, what they call it, master of ceremonies yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, And you know you know how graduation ceremonies are, like, prim and proper, right? Right. I mean, you know, man, right. Right. uh <laughs> you know, is uh, so um you know cookie cutter type thing right. you know you just this, right. is, this is how you do everything you know right. man i'll never forget you got up there <laughs> and you took over. Yeah. I don't think you had a note in your hand. Nope. And you just took off, man. People were laughing. We were cutting up. We had the best time, man. I said, man, I ain't never been to a graduation like this before.
1: <laughs> I tell I, I everybody. <laughs> yeah,
3: people laughing, man. It was, <laughs> it was really good. He yeah,
1: goes. I tell everybody the story about how, how you and Brent were both valedictorians, but but I was right up there. I was a third-ranking student, and I got a, I got a chance to be the master of ceremonies at graduation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it worked, out, worked out good for me. You. Yeah, that's right. Hey, another thing I <laughs> yeah. want wanted to say you know, I, I accompanied you uh, to uh, this National Federation of High School Coaches uh, award ceremony in, um, what is it, Altoona, right? Altoona, yep. Altoona, um, Altoona Iowa. Iowa.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we flew in Chicago. We had a, a great time with our families and stuff. Your, your daughters uh, surprised you by coming on that trip. Anyway. Um, they had a clinic up there, right? And all the coaches that were nominated, that were five. And so the four uh, that were before you, I went and I listened to all of them. Of course, all of them were were very good coaches in their own right. You know, I mean, you could tell they knew basketball and whatnot. But then you get up there, and, uh, man, you take off like Kim Broussard was there, and I turned to Kim. I said, Kim, he's been talking 10 minutes. He has not completed one sentence yet. (laughs) Listen to him. (laughs) But, man, you took over that crowd, man, that crowd. Oh, Lord, they... they, they, you, yeah, you stole the show. Yeah, well, the show.
1: I, I appreciate that, but yeah, I do get a little add add sometimes when <laughs> I when I do those things. You are right about that. Not finishing a sentence is uh, right. It's right. So, so Ricky, look, uh, how about we do this? How about you uh, give us uh, again? Like I said, you know, not everybody knows your your story. You know, so. How about about you tell me, uh, you know, I I know, I know you, uh, I'll I'll say this, you know, I watched you uh, play baseball, you know, a lot of people don't know that, but you were, you were an all conference second baseman at, at UL, you know, USL at USL, you know, play with Ron Guidry. I remember the day, Ricky, I remember, I'll never forget this too. Um, I think it was Clark I, I don't think I know y'all started McNasby but I'm pretty sure it, it, y'all moved from McNasby to Clark Field I'm pretty sure Clark this. Field. Yeah, yeah that's right huh? your, your junior senior year and so yeah. we're at Clark Field my mom, mom comes get me out of school I loved it because hey does Ricky have a game today yeah Ricky <laughs> they come get me out of school at about 1 o'clock I get to leave early there's a double header right Ron Guidry starts the first game of the doubleheader. Y'all jump on yep. McNeese. It's like uh, I don't know, you know, five nothing, fourth inning. Guidry comes out. Y'all finish the game, beat McNeese. The second game starts on the mound. Ron Guidry. Could you imagine yep. in this day and age a guy starting t- oh, <laughs> two games of a man. doubleheader? I mean, it never can. It will never happen again. No,
2: no, man. Back then, man, no, no. Uh, uh, Ron Guidry when he was pitching for the Yankees. He told me, he said, uh, Billy Martin would go out to the mound and pull him. want to pull him. You know, like yeah. in the ninth inning, he yeah. had one out or something. Yeah. And Ron, Ron would tell him, pull up, Billy. No, man. No, hell no. You ain't taking me out. You're not going to let that damn goose guy just come over here and throw the ball. throw <laughs> the ball all over the place. <laughs> 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 I'm finishing up. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Uh, he said he had, uh, I forgot that center field, his name. He had he, him hollering from. Uh, center field out there. What's his name? Uh, Mickey. Uh, Mickey. Mickey. Uh, give, uh, uh, uh,
1: give, give, Mickey. Give, Mickey. Wow. Huh? Yeah, right. Mickey. What was it? Yeah. Center
2: field.
1: Yeah. I, I remember you talking says, about Mickey Givens. Uh, Mickey Givens. He kept hollering, Billy, <laughs> leave
2: him in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. No. Hey,
2: uh, but listen, Danny, one time we playing at Northwestern, now, you know, I, I was, uh, I could hit left handers now. I could hit left handers like I own them. Yeah. Because Brent would throw, uh, you know, in the, in the, in we play a uh, home run derby in uh-huh. the barnyard, uh-huh. you know, we had a fact that we put on the wall. And, and Brent was left handed, so man, I'm used to hitting left handers, right? Right. So I'm, I'm jacking everybody around. I, I broke up uh, Barnes from Mac who so was a javelin throw. I broke up his no hitter. I broke up Kenny Alfred's no hitter from Nichols State. I broke up, uh, some guy named Stone, I believe George Stone, pitched in the majors. Anyway, but I couldn't hit right handed. Yeah. So we played Northwestern, and this guy had a uh, he had a uh, not a curve, we call it a, slider. Yeah, a slider. He had a slider.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So man, I strike out three times in, in, the, in the first first game of the doubleheader. You know, <laughs> so man, I'm I'm on the bench. I'm mean, massive. Thank God I don't have I don't have to see that guy again. I don't. Boy, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm so happy. You know. Man, we started the second game. Don't you know his name was Shields? I don't know if it was Jimmy or Don Shields, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That, don't you know that guy was on the mound again, and kicked, <laughs> he did all 14 innings no and way. beat us two twice. Really? Beat us twice.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never oh, see that happen man. again. That's yeah. crazy. So, so Ricky. Yeah. So after you get UL, you, uh, your, your first coaching job, if I remember right, was at Bro Bridge Junior High. Right. That's where you got your start. Oh
2: yeah yeah tell us a well, little Danny, bit about yeah take you back a little okay. bit a little bit further okay you know uh we were blessed to grow up in a basketball community first of all right mo i mean when you talk about mo back in those days mo's wally you know the, those names that i mean vermilion parish was a hot of basketball man no, no that you had all those class c schools and stuff you know they played a lot of games, man. People, people put their whole schedules around basketball back then. You yes, know? yes. So we had a legendary guy there, Dutch Rupert, Mr. Rupert. He became our principal, but man, the guy was way ahead of his time. He used to take vacations to Kentucky. And uh, he'd go meet Adolph Rupp over there. Wow. And they'd talk basketball all week. And and, and uh, Coach Rupp would put him in the dormitories. They, they weren't using the dormitories in the summertime. Yeah. Wow. So he, he put him and his wife up <laughs> in the <a> dormitory <laughs> over there, you know? Wow. And um, man, so he, he, oh, yeah, he learned more basketball. He was way ahead of his time. Uh, very legendary. And then, yeah. of course, Calvin A. Bear, who was, you know, taught the fundamentals of basketball, uh-huh. you know? Yep. And then, of course, eldest Tuchet. So we, well, you know, we had. Yeah. I mean, the culture was was just all about basketball. You know, everything was centered around. Okay, so then, you know, I go to USL and I walk in and talk to Burl Shipper the first day. He had come to see me play. I said, "The coach, I'm ready to play. Uh, I'm ready. I'm here." Oh, he said, "Ricky, hey man, I can't use you, man. I got Marvin Winkler. I got C.J. Scheifens. I got Mar coming in." I said, "Okay, coach." So that's when I went try out for the baseball team. Yep. But, you know, basketball was in our hearts, man, in our blood. That's what we loved, right. you know. Right. And we didn't have football, you know. We we, um, we played basketball and baseball in the summertime, you know, in yep. Maurice and Abbeville, you know. But anyway, so I get to uh, do my student teaching, man. I'm teaching over at Lafayette High. Uh, I mean, at, uh, at Como. So they uh-huh. come to me one day and said, Coach, we need for you to move over to Lafayette High. We're hiring Steve Snyder as the head basketball coach at Como. I said, oh, man, you're hiring the wrong guy, man. You should be hiring me. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and said, well, would you move over there? The best thing that ever happened to me, yeah. man, was me going over to Lafayette High, and there was a guy there named Billy Montgomery yep. who had won two state championships at Houghton and he was the basketball coach at Lafayette High for one year. Look, I don't know what he saw in me, but he immediately uh, 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 got attached to me, man. Yeah. So he, he would I would go to his house every night. Man, uh, hey, go see Bolton High play tonight. Go see LaGrange play. So I'd drive all the way to LaGrange, Lake Chuck, anywhere he sent me, man. Yep. I'd come back, write a scouting report. He called me up 11 o'clock. What you doing? I said, Coach, I'm putting a scouting report together for you. He said, well, come on over to the house. We talk basketball till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, wow. man. Wow. You know? Yep. And that's how it was. He was my mentor. I yes. mean, uh, yep. the first real mentor. Now, I have to yeah. good quote, but first, okay. But anyway, then he's leaving. He can't, you know, the football thing was too much for him. He said, oh, no, I can't fight football like that. He went back up to Harton. I think he became uh, assistant principal, then principal, then a state legislature. He was a representative for uh, 16 years. Anyway, uh, but he told me, says, look, if I were you, I would take a junior high job they're going to they're gonna call you to go to high school, yeah. but don't do it. Wow. Take that junior high job in, in Bro Bridge because Rodney Ledoux is over there. The guy knows more basketball than I ever, than I, you know, have yeah. ever for, forgotten. So I go over there, man, and I meet Rodney. Oh, golly. Rodney was brilliant. When I say, you know, you talked about Harvey Bollick. I think yep. Rodney Ledoux is the smartest man I ever met. Wow. I think so. I think so. Because he was well-read. He would read philosophers and stuff like that. And we'd go there on Sundays, maybe at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Connie would be cooking. Wives would be you know, doing all that stuff. And we would be in that room in the back there and, his, uh, and, uh, and reading and, and talking about sports, talking about anything, you know. And so I got, man, I got attached to that guy. I just thought, I w- I, that's who I want to be like, you know. I want to be smart like that. I want to be, uh, you know. Yeah. He, he put a, a, a press, um, a zone press. Before anybody in the area ever ever knew about zone presses, Rodney was zone pressing. He was beating teams up eighty something to twenty something. You wow. know, yeah, 78, 90 points. Oh yeah, man, it was it was tearing people apart. Wow. So anyway, I I, I learned basketball there. I met Jack Dale alone there also, and so man, you you know, you're talking about. These are guys that knew athletics, they knew sports, yeah. and they were smart, they knew how to coach. Yep. And then uh, I, I want to give credit to the Ed Duga because Ed Duga did the best. I didn't learn that much in college, honestly, I didn't apply myself, I was yeah. playing baseball, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Right. But Ed Duga made us write our philosophy of coaching and our, our philosophy of life and Danny i don't know what it was about that man but he got me really thinking you yeah, know i yeah. mean i took time man i was i was staying up late at night what what do i really believe in you know what is do i believe in fundamentals? what is, what is it what so danny i wrote that paper
1: i still i, I still i still, I still, have still that ha- i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna stop it i st- I, I uh I have a copy of your philosophy. I have taken some parts of that. It is it is yeah. it's it's one of the best uh things I've ever I've ever done as a young coach to look at that. It made me it made me just like you talked about it made me think about what what you know what what, what 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 are what are we doing? You know what what, what is your yeah. philosophy about basketball and about life and about coaching and about and about kids? Hey Rick, uh can yeah. you uh, we uh, my bar, my boy bar James is keeping me on track over here. James is saying, "Hey coach, might be time for another little time out." Can you cut, can you stay on for a little bit get you back on oh hell, hell yeah <laughs> man
2: I'm on the, the duration
1: <laughs> all right hang, hang on y'all i'm here it's uh danny broussard we got coach ricky broussard is our guest it's a timeout on the jordy hubbock show we'll be right back hang in there with us we'll be right back in a minute or two
0: time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history july 28th 1989 Atlanta Braves star Dale Murphy hits a pair of three-run homers in one inning, becoming the 14th man to hit two homers in the same inning. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports
4: Station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. How exactly? Well, once you become a member of our awards club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. Or there's also a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or even a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today.
1: All right, we're back. I'm Coach Danny Broussard, the guest host on the Jordy Hultberg Show today, and I want to welcome all of you back. We were we were we were. uh, at, at the time out, I had coach Ricky Broussard, uh, on with us. He's still here. Uh, by the way, Ricky on the, at the break, Bobby, Charlie, Greg, and bandit all said it's Mickey rivers. We couldn't remember the name Mickey rivers.
3: Oh yeah. 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 Mickey, rivers, Mickey
1: rivers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good to know. We, we know we got at least four listeners that are on <laughs> that are listening to us <laughs> right now. Those four guys all, t- all told us. So, uh, yeah. So I'm here with coach Ricky Broussard, uh, uh, he's uh, by the way, he's only one of two Southland Conference coaches to record a hundred career league wins. That's pretty pretty impressive. That Southland Conference's been around for a long, long time, and uh, he's also three times been named Louisiana Coach of the Year twice. Uh, I'm sorry, he was Southland three times the Coach of the Year. He was the Louisiana Coach of the Year twice, and the NABC District Eight, which is the you know like an eight state area. Uh, he uh, he also accomplished that and uh, like I tell everybody two double NCAA appearances in 95 and 98 that had never been done before Ricky got to Nickel State and it has not been done since he left there so uh, pretty pretty great qu- an accomplishment there for you Ricky so Ricky uh, continue on about your about your in with your coaching we we're talking about Bro Bridge and then tell us where you where yeah. you went after that
2: okay yeah, so you know, I went to Mo after that uh, high school, small school. Coached you, in fact. Uh, we, oh, I, I could tell some stories about that. Well, too, we, we, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, we got. I'll, I got a couple. I'll, we won't. We I'll won't block, share. I'll walk <laughs> over that. But uh, you know, man, we had those Mo boys. We had, uh, man. You know, we had we had good good players there. And uh, I was young, cocky, and crazy. That's a bad combination, man. I was, you know, <laughs> I was. I been, I, been there. Been there, done that. It didn't, it didn't get much better. Of I was still cocky and crazy. All right. So, but look, man, all oh, those two schools right there, you know, they they built they kind of built my reputation of uh, what toughness, yeah, hard work, yeah, um, you know, pressing teams. Uh, you know, team. You know, teams that never gave up. Man, we we didn't care if uh, we were sharp, whatever it was. Man, we we went. We would have after. We played all the big schools. You know, we went to tournaments everywhere. Uh, we, you know, we uh, of course. Then at St. Thomas More, we started the Sun Kiss Shootout. There, you know, you, you made it famous since then. But uh, that was a big deal when yeah. we started that tournament. Yep. But look, it's hey, Danny. I had so many good players there that came through there. Man, we we were. Um, uh we were a program to be reckoned with, you yeah. know, small but right. uh we, were, we we didn't we didn't back down from anybody, put it that way. Correct. Um uh, uh yeah. So then uh, you know, I went to S T M as I as I told you, a year and a half there and then I went on to USL. So Bobby Pascal called me man on a Friday. I never never forget. Uh-huh. He said, Hey, I got to an- note, I'd like you to join me. I said, okay, coach. I said, look, we're 3-0 in district right now. I've got a good season going on. I think I got. I can do something special with this team, blah, blah, blah. He says, uh, oh, he says, uh, I said, I'd love to talk to you after the season. He said, coach, I need you here by Sunday. I said, whoa, Sunday? I said, it's Friday. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> so, and I uh... had to gather the forces up and start talking to all my, my you know, Montgomery and 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 uh, Ledoux and and you and everybody family wise yeah. anyway made the move. Look, I learned a lot from Pasco man. I got to give him credit. Yeah. Pasco believed in what he believed in. He was he was not going to change. He his determination to do what he his philosophy. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wasn't getting straight from that. And you no, know, it, it didn't matter. But I'll tell you one thing. I, I I learned about rebounding, man. Of all the things he, you know, we always played hard. Yeah. But man, we had these, you know, smaller teams that we went up against. You know, Georgetown, for example, and Patrick Ewing in a, Auburn, and we beat Auburn. We beat uh, Tennessee. I mean, we, we were playing. Man, nobody ever out rebounded us, man. Yeah. We we would out rebound all the teams we played against. Yeah. So I learned a lot, and not only did I coach with him at USL. Uh, you know, of course, the the, the big the big thing there was that we went to the Final Four of the NIT. Now, Danny, you got to remember, the NIT back then, you know, you only had 32 teams playing yep. in the NCAA tournament. Yep, that's you didn't right. have 64 back that's, then. That's
1: exactly right.
2: So, so those next 32 teams, let me tell you, man, you're talking about, you know, we get to the Final Four of the, of the NIT in, in New York City, Madison Square Garden. Man, guess who we're playing against? Notre Dame. Yep. Fluby uh, and Kenton. Then we had uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, um, Virginia Tech, Tech had um, the Curry boy, Dell Curry. Wow. He was a man. Wow. He, he was a good player. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah, say right so. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then the other teams were, uh, let me see, Notre Dame, Virginia, and, and Michigan. And they Michigan. had Antoine Joubert and, uh, oh, shit, Antoine Joubert and Roy Tarpley, big old fella. Anyway, man, we, we we got beat twice there, but man, we 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 should have won. Alonzo Allen tipped in a ball at the buzzer; they didn't count it, but it, it was a good goal. We yeah. should have won that game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, so you know that, that vaulted my my college career. You know, Pascal. I didn't know nothing about recruiting, man, Pascal. Showed me how you have to stay on top of players, man. We yeah. worked our butts off. I I remember I packed my bags on July the first, and I wouldn't be back in Lafayette until July thirty first.
3: Oof, man. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We went find those sleeper type players, you know. Yep. Uh, well, we, we 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 developed those guys, and um, I remember at uh, thank God at uh, at South Florida, probably the best recruit I ever had was a guy named Radinko Dobros. Man. Larry Brown was leaving Kansas to go coach at uh, San Antonio Spurs, and I had I had run across him in, in recruiting somewhere, and uh, man, I get a phone call. He said, "Hey, Bruce Sard." He said, um, "You know about this kid named Dobras from Yugoslavia?" I said, "Coach, I just found out about him, but I hear you you you, you take." He said, "Well, I'm not going to be here." He said, uh, "You need to get on him." Yeah. So, sure enough, man, we got this guy. He walked six. Six hours, I believe, from where he lived to Zagreb to catch a flight wow. to the United States. Wow. Yeah. To tell you what kind of kid he was, in the first week he was there, we're doing all kind of push ups, sit ups and all this. So we're doing sit ups, everybody's doing 120, 150, 170. So man, we had four hundred with Ridico and I said I went up to Coach Pascal, I said, Coach, you want to you wanna make him stop? I mean it's he's at four hundred. <laughs> he said, No, let him go. Let him go. Man, next thing I know, he's bleeding. His back, his, his oh, bone, man. his tailbone is bleeding, man. <laughs> and I said, Coach, I said, he's bleeding. He said, all right. He was at 600-something sit-ups. This kid was unbelievable, wow, man. He would crazy. work his tail off. He was 6'7", he was a point guard. And uh, uh, we won a um, uh, There was a championship there that yeah. uh, Pascal won yeah. at South Florida with Rudenko Dobros. And, uh, you know, we had other good players, too. But man, Rodenko was some kind of special player. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, great. Okay, well, so go, then
1: I got the job go, at Nichols. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead real quick. Hey, we, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go quick because we got to go to a, another timeout, and then I got Coach Pascal after you. So, so go ahead and wrap it up oh, for me. No, oh, it's okay. I don't have a whole no, like we, Dale Brown? no, you don't.
2: <laughs> ah, he didn't, he didn't get an out. He only got he only
1: got forty minutes. But go ahead, finish up. Oh, here. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, so I'll be I'll be quick. You
2: know, yeah. I came to Nichols. Uh, a lot of people said, oh, don't go there. You can't win there. It's impossible, yeah. man. They play high school gym. Yep. Uh, it's off the beaten path. There's no interstates through there. They have no money. Uh, you can't get, you know, it's just yeah. impossible. But you got to remember, Danny, there were only 310 Division One schools in the United States at that time. Uh-huh. There's more uh-huh. now, but uh-huh. 310. So you think about doctors. How many doctors are there in the United States? How many attorneys are there in the United States? There's what maybe hundreds of thousands of them, right? Yeah. But there's only three hundred and ten Division One college coaches, man. man. So, uh, man, I was lucky to get that job. I got it. I took it, and I think I pretty much made the most out of it. I had I had a couple of lean years, but you know, like you said earlier, man, we won two championships, went yeah. to two NCAA tournaments. Um, I love this place over here, man. It's a, it's a very special place. Yeah, um, and, and Nichols has been good to me. I really appreciate them and what uh, you know. I, I left and, and coached at LSU. Probably that was a big a mistake, but still, in all, and then um, that's about it. But yep. I learned one thing, Danny. Yep. Uh, at college, the difference is this. And and look, I never put my name on on the door of my offices. Uh-huh. Never did.
4: Uh-huh.
2: I always put I put this sign that says, "Recruit daily or perish." Uh, That's what I had on my door. Recruit uh, Daily Affair. Because that was the name of the game, man. Recruiting was the lifeblood of college basketball programs. You had to recruit. And look, I found people like Reggie Jackson and Gerard King and Terrell Castle. uh, You know, nobody wanted to give uh, Ray... uh,
1: Ray Washington, uh, Ray Washington, yeah. Ray
2: Washington from Pineville. Nobody wanted to give him a shot because he was too small, but man... Those guys were players, man, I and mean, we ended up finding them, developing them, and that was the key to our success at Nichols. You know, we yeah. were able to keep players four years and develop them. You know, I mean, Gerard played, I think it's four, no, six years in the NBA until he got that eye uh, injury, Yeah, but uh, he had no offers out of high school. Crazy. He, he didn't have an offer. That's crazy. Yeah, Re- Reggie Jackson, I think, had one offer, maybe Louisiana College, but no other Division one offers.
1: Yeah, you found those diamond, uh, diamonds yeah. in the roughs. You found those diamonds in the rough. Yeah.
2: Diamonds in the rough yep. and sleepers. Yeah, yep. that's what I was looking for, man. No, no sleepers, doubt. no doubt. And uh, but I knew I knew I could develop them because that was my key. I, I was the fundamental coach. I made them work. Everybody had to dribble with their left hand, lay up left hand. They had to be able to shoot the short range jump shots. Not just three pointers, you yeah, know. I mean, right. put it on the floor, race up and shoot the ball, balanced shooting, you know, all, all those things, man. Sure. And when when, when I, I lost two games in a row, Danny, I went to that philosophy of coaching that I told you about earlier. Yeah, I would pull that out, and you know, sometimes as coaches, we, we don't see the forest for the trees, man. We yeah, get right. so involved, <laughs> and and, sure. and then it's something glaring. Yeah. Uh, you know, a regular, uh, you know, my wife in the stands could say, "Ricky, uh, w- what are y'all doing? Why aren't y'all doing this?" and I, I mean I look back at my philosophy of coaching. I said, look at it. This is where it's at. Yep. The next day in practice, man, I'd go to, to where we, we, we had gotten away, something that we had gotten uh, away from, sure, you know. Sure. Yep. No and doubt. then guess what? we get back on a winning streak, man. There you go. Yep.
1: There you go. Well, Rick, I gotta cut you off. We uh, my boy James here is going crazy. We got the I said we me and my brother Ricky can talk all day long. <laughs> well, uh, Rick, appreciate you being on. We are we, we, we with Ricky Bruce. Hey, hey, yep.
2: The next time you have me on, man, I wanna tell people about the one hand set shot.
1: That developed was in Moe. Yeah. Okay, in Moe, Louisiana. Moe, yeah. Louisiana, man. I've got
2: to tell you. Next.
1: Okay, we'll let you do that next time. All right, so we, we're going to a break. We've been with Ricky Bruce the the uh, two time. Uh, uh, By the way, they, they named the court after him at Nichols State. It's the Broussard Court, baby. Thanks, for, Ricky, for being on. It's the time for a timeout here in Acadiana. Watch us. I'm sorry. It's 103.7 The Game, Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. We're back here live. Coach Danny Broussard here on the Jordy Hulberg Show. Uh, I'm going straight to our next guest, uh, because because my brother Ricky took so much time, <laughs> and uh, I think we have on the line Coach Bobby Pascal. Coach Pascal, are you there?
5: Yes, I am. Coach, how are you these days? I'm doing great. Awesome. Just got through playoffs, man.
1: Well, Coach Pascal, I'm gonna tell everybody in Acadia, and they don't know, but I got a, I I haven't been witness twice, firsthand witness of your golf game, and a uh, coach. I'm gonna tell you, it's pretty darn good.
5: Well. Uh, I had a pretty pretty good round today. We played at Classic uh, Pines at Kashada. Uh, oh yeah, Yeah, and, and uh, I'm actually in Lafayette right now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Coach Powell. A lot of people don't know that, but 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 part of your, your a lot of your family's still here in Lafayette, aren't they?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely so. But I was going to tell you on the golf. If it would have been one of those, if I, if, if you and I had been playing together today, <laughs> and if it's been one of those situations where they had uh, <laughs> like the uh, ten run rule they do in softball and all that, <laughs> uh, they would have basically called the match after about about the sixth hole, probably. About
1: about this, you wouldn't even give it. You wouldn't give it till the ninth, and not to the turn, huh? I wouldn't have made it to the turn. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Pascoe, uh, no, I,
5: it, it, There's ahead. people still, uh, we played at Muni, I remember <laughs> playing with Muni with you, and uh, there's still people finding golf balls you hit that day. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you're going to make me laugh so much, I won't be able to talk
1: here. Coach, you remember when I hit, <laughs> we, I hit one and hit that cocky. <laughs> hit
5: well, you played the wrong <laughs> green, man. You, you <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew I was in trouble that day when when you when you were going the wrong direction. You know, I said I wonder I couldn't figure out why is he hit the ball over the way? He <laughs> hit that concrete barrier, it went back about eighty
1: yards. 80 <laughs> oh man, you got me laughing now. Coach Pascoe, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I know, you know, I know the people Katie Acadiana know you. Uh, you know, you're one of the greatest all-time coaches in USL history. I was fortunate enough to be uh, – Actually, beginning your career in high school, and then, you know, and then uh, I'm sorry, in college, and then I got to be, you know, I was coaching high school basketball in the area and got a chance to, you know, to follow your career and watch you at USL. And uh, what a tremendous job you did when you were here. Uh, you know, Coach, I, I found it's kind of interesting in that uh, – you, in you in eighty two, you were the Southland Conference Coach of the Year, which you know was at UL, and then you were the Sun Belt Coach of the Year. But but the Sun yet South Florida was in the Sun Belt at that time. I never, I didn't even realize that in 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 nineteen ninety.
5: Oh yeah, uh, the Sun Belt, uh After uh, I I uh, left the USL yeah. to go to uh, South Florida uh, at that time. Uh, You know, we were. In fact, the years that I was at South Florida, we were in three different conferences uh, uh, that I coached in: Uh uh, in the Sun Belt, in the Metro, and in Conference USA. And uh, so uh, we we were in there with uh, uh, UAB and uh, UNC Charlotte, uh, uh, Virginia Commonwealth. then we we were in the other uh, conference with uh, uh, Tulane and Louisville and Cincinnati and and all those people. So <laughs> I had some uh, uh, pretty, pretty tough challenges, you know. And of course, uh, the Southland Conference, you know, when we when we were here, uh, uh, the, you know it, it was. Uh, some really really tough rivalries in in yes. the, in the yes. conference at that time. We we had uh, you know Lamar. Yes. and they had uh, great teams, and Billy Tubbs when he was Billy Tubbs was there, right. and uh, Louisiana Tech uh, was extremely good. We had uh, we had good teams, and uh, so it, it was. Uh, uh, quite, quite a challenge in in that league as well.
1: No, yeah, no doubt, coach. It's funny you mentioned Billy Tubbs. I was at that game. You you had a you had a knack for getting the opposing coaches like really upset in Blackham. I I, I can remember Billy Tubbs and Norm Sloan. Do you mean? Do you remember those two guys? They didn't leave Blackham very happy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing when the other coach doesn't leave. It <laughs> doesn't leave happy I left a lot of places <laughs> during my career that I wasn't very happy when i left also but yeah you you're right we we uh we had some uh really really great games uh with Lamar and uh the 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 rivalry was just uh uh tremendous and and uh you know of course we had that rivalry with McNeese. and uh so i mean the the intensity and uh the uh, of the uh, competition and and the interest and that type thing when when we had all that group together, and all of us being you know uh, almost within driving, well really yeah, were right. within driving distance yes. Of, yes. of each other. and so we had some tremendous games uh, at uh, you know in, in Blackham and uh, you know, I don't know uh really i don't know that there could be a place that that could ever be, be like Blackham was. it was uh it, it was the most uh, unbelievable place to coach basketball basketball in that uh yep. that i've ever coached in i mean there were some places that where it wasn't quite as dusty during the <laughs> game uh, <laughs> but, but
1: the cow that, palace was- the cow palace right the cow palace
5: yeah, we were the only we were the only ones in the conference that had to take official timeouts to uh, uh, mop the dust off the floor, you know. But yeah, but we finally uh, the, uh, after a year, or so we got uh, we got uh, asphalt turf put in there and uh, stopped all the dust and and uh, but but the but the support, you know, I mean that's the thing yeah. that uh, was so great about uh USL was uh you know the, the the student support and just the the whole community was it was yep. just uh yep. it was an unbelievable place to to coach and uh we were fortunate to have uh that great support and yep. then of course we had some uh, we were fortunate to have some great players as well.
1: Well, no doubt, and coach, I was one, you know I was one of those I was one of those fans supporting. When you when you talked about Lamar, I, I'm sure you probably don't know this, but you know, I, I mean, it's it basketball in my life, you know. So me, me and my buddy decide, that uh, a couple of us, we decide on I don't know, like you know, last minute. Hey, we let's go to the Lamar game. Like, how are we going to get tickets? Well, we'll figure it out. We'll find out, coach. We get over there. When I'm telling you, we had our UL red dot. I remember the old red dot. We had our red dot shirts on. <laughs> and look, Bobby, we had to get, I'm not lying to you. We had to get, the police had to escort. They were throwing cups at us on the way out. They had to escort us
5: out of that place. <laughs> I was oh, loving You mean you wore the shirt? At oh, Lamar, that's man. right.
1: At Lamar, Coach. I, look, I was crazy oh back. Oh my God! I was you're crazy. crazy
5: than
1: I, you I were. I'm telling you, Coach, I was crazy back then. I had—I don't know—I was crazy and stupid at the same time, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we had to get escorted out of the out of the Lamar. I said, "We are gonna get?" And, you know, I mean, I'm all five seven, had 135. I said, "We about to get our tails kicked right." <laughs> but we we survived, and we got out of there alive. And and uh, I think we want The time we went, Coach, we wanted to sneak in a. W without Lamar, which was not easy to do.
5: Well, I, I, I can remember it's interesting <laughs> mentioning yeah. uh, the Red Dot uh, group that was uh, quite a thing, and it really caught on. And, in fact, I can remember uh, 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 I don't know remember what station it was on, but one of the TV stations uh, did a did a uh, feature on 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 the Red Dot yeah uh, yeah. Uh, Group and uh, they, I think they opened it up and showed them coming up out out of the ground, you know, kind of <laughs> like yeah. and and, yeah. and the people they that group have wore motorcycle helmets and football helmets and everything imaginable it, and and that, you know that's part of what created that great. Fun, yes uh, yeah. atmosphere that, that we had, you know.
1: There's no no doubt about it, Bobby. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It just you know it was it was a special time. You know, it just was a special time and can't recreate it. You know, it was just uh, just something that you just you're just not gonna ever happen again. But man, I I was glad to be a part of that. I was a student I went to I went to classes with Andrew Tony. I'm still trying to figure out how Andrew graduated in three and a half years and it took me four and a half. I I'm still can't figure that out, coach, but <laughs>
5: Well, that, that, I mean, it doesn't seem like that'd be very hard to figure out. He, <laughs> he's more intelligent, I would imagine.
1: Uh, probably so. <laughs> I'm not going to doubt that, though.
5: No. He, he he was determined, and, and yeah. that's a, a quick story on that. Yeah. Andrew had had several sisters, I forget how many, that had all graduated from college, and they'd all graduated in, in a four-year period of time. Yeah. And he told me when, when he came here, he said that one of his main goals is he wanted to graduate in uh, three and a half years. Yep, yep. And he did that. He did. And, yeah. uh, in fact, uh, my wife uh, was finishing up her uh, degree in education, and she had uh, classes with Andrew, and uh, they actually graduated – uh, together. Together. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: that's, that's cool. At,
5: at, at mid year, you know, yeah. of course his graduation probably cost us a, a ball game. We, uh, we were on the road, uh, uh, playing the two game trip and we've had played at Oregon. Yeah. Uh, and we had beaten Oregon. Uh, and Andrew came to me after the game and he wanted to come back. And we had a game at Portland state, uh, uh, on uh, Monday night, I guess it was or Saturday, whichever, yeah, and then, but anyway he he wanted to come back because he wanted to go through the graduation, well, when he came down and asked me i that he 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 wanted to miss the game and come back almost famous. But I mean, you know, I yeah, mean, what, what, what you, you going to do? going huh? <laughs> to tell him, no, you know?
1: Right, right. That's crazy. Yeah, boy, I tell you, uh, re- real quick, coach. I tell this story all the time in my camp about how uh, I don't know if anybody's heard it, but how you were going to your uh, recruiting trip, you passed by Blackham, the lights were on, you didn't have time to stop. You you when you got to a, a phone, you chewed out your manager, say you left a lights on you're costing us money the manager never said anything a couple of weeks later the same thing happens you pull into block and you're all mad like i cannot believe they left the lights on again it's five o'clock in the morning when you get in the door who is there but andrew tony jumping rope and getting shots in at five o'clock in the morning
5: yep yeah, he he did and he was uh the thing about it with him you know some guys might Go do that one time, yeah. and then they talk about it yeah. the rest of their lives. Right. But Andrew <laughs> was going and working out like that, and nobody really even uh, knew that 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 he was uh, doing that. And yep. and that's why you know, I mean he he had he had great natural talent, but uh, he was an unbelievably hard uh, hard worker. And uh-huh. uh, in fact. W- during one of our basketball camps uh, on the campus, uh, I had just made a talk, little talk to the uh, campers, and we were we bust, you know, uh, we used several high schools and yeah. all that right. for our camps, and and so I had just uh, told them about uh, Andrew and uh, what a great player and how hard he worked, and he was he was here. Uh, working on a summer job, and uh, so he—he he, uh, all of a sudden we saw a guy running down the street uh, with a vet with a weighted vest on uh, <laughs> in the middle of the summer. Yep, yep. And Andrew, it happened to be Andrew. Andrew
1: Tony. Yeah, that's not, not surprising. For the
5: campers to be able to, to be able to see that. Yep. Uh, that that was a uh, a very. Uh, you know exciting thing for them and and it just validated the uh story yes because I'm sure they thought I was lying I, I <laughs> right, worked right exactly but,
1: and they saw it uh, firsthand wow that's crazy
5: a that's lot good. of people used to want to know how in the world did we get Andrew you know because he was he was recruited by basically everybody you know sure all the people in the southeastern conference but uh the that, uh, I'll tell you real quickly, and I can Co- tell you hey, now because it's been Co- so long. Coach Pascoe. We had just started, we started the NIL program way before the NCAA did. They just didn't know it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach Pascal, I'm sorry, Liz. R- Ricky took all your darn time. Look, I'm going to get you back on again later, but my guy's telling me we've got to cut to commercials. Hey, Coach, thanks so much for, having, for, for being here today. Appreciate the great stories.
5: All right. Thank, it.
1: thank you, Bobby. All right. Sorry, we All gonna, right. we're going to break right here. We'll be back in a second. All right, we're back here on the Jordy Helberg Show. I'm Danny Bruce, I've been your guest host today. Uh, I think I'm going to get fired if Chuck's Chuck's probably listening right now. Chuck, I, I had to cut off these my, my guys to try to get commercial. We probably did one commercial short today. Probably get fired. I won't even come back tomorrow. But I'm scheduled to come back tomorrow. I want to thank our three hosts today. I mean, our three guests: Coach Dale Brown of LSU, and Coach Ricky Bruce, and Coach Bobby Pascal. What a great day today! Thanks to all of you for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow. On the Jordy Hubberg Show from two to four. Make sure you come in. I don't know who we're gonna have, but I'll get somebody. Thanks for listening today, and maybe we'll get a bunch of callers in tomorrow. Thanks again. See you tomorrow.
0: Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg.
1: Well, good afternoon. I used to be a Blonde Bomber when I was about six years old, but uh, I have since turned uh, somewhat gray uh, since then. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm not Jordy Hulberg. This is Coach Danny Broussard, and I'm taking uh, Jordy's place today as he's, uh, I don't know, he wouldn't exactly tell me where he's going. I'm, you know, he's off playing somewhere. You know, Jordy's probably on the beach soaking up the sun. Uh, but anyway, they suckered me into taking the show today and tomorrow, so uh, I'm excited about being here. Uh, first of all, we're here in the and You can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and on 133 LUS Fiber. Also, if you want to, call me the game hotline. If you can, I will be with Coach Brown in a second. But after that, feel free to call at 337 706 Oh one one one, man we got a great show today I think put together uh we have we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start that day off on a hot note we got the legendary coach Dale Brown uh with us today and then we're also gonna have uh, a guy by the name of Ricky Broussard I'm not sure some of you know who he is but we'll fill you in on him later and then coach Bobby Paschal will end the show off today with us uh so I'm calling it the retired legendary coaches day and uh we're going to start it off real hot right now and we're going to go straight. I think we have him on the line. Coach Brown, are you with us?
6: Danny, I'm with you, but I sure you'd be more enthusiastic. You're so <laughs> laid back. And I noticed on the bench too it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. If anybody if anybody believes that I got a bridge in Brooklyn and I'm ready to sell now for $50.
1: <laughs> coach Brown, you know it's it's funny, but I was reflecting on the way on the drive over here. You know, coach it's funny, but I'm kind of a little nervous interviewing you i'm just a basketball coach i really i'm not really good at this radio stuff you know and i'm like man i got coach brown on the day i don't want to mess this up so I'm, I'm actually a little nervous which is very strange for me because as you well aware of you know in basketball we're coaching and we're into the game we don't have time to get nervous but I, I said to myself you know i remember i don't know if you do coach but i remember the very first day i ever met you uh it was in the pistol P- of all places the pete Mac, right i'm at half court uh, we're doing a little shoot-around for our state championship game, which was happening that, that night. And, uh, Coach Brown, you took the time of day uh, to come and visit with me, introduce yourself, I just myself to you. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, but uh, we've kind of uh, remained friends ever since that day in 1986.
6: Danny, it's, um, I think, many times, and that's really, really kind of you. Uh, I want to inject this before we get into your questions. Whenever somebody is very kind, like you just were, and it's very gracious, I everybody always says, "Well, thank you," or it's humbling, or I'm, but uh, da da da. da. No. They try to be modest about it. Yeah. The greatest, the greatest example of that I've ever been. I was in TJ Ribs with uh, John Wooden at our basketball camp having lunch, and we hadn't we ordered. And, the guy's standing off to the side, and he came over, what, 40 years old, blue blazer, I can still see him. Coach Wooden, he said, listen, excuse me. I don't want to be rude. I know you're going to eat. He said, I don't want, to, I don't want an autograph. I don't want a picture, and I don't want to shake your hand. I just want to say this sir." He said, you're one of God's angels. He said, you're one of the legends of all times. God bless you. And he started to walk away. Well, most people would be, you know, say, well, thank you. That's something you'd be. Coach Wooden, on the spot, and I say this to you to thank you. Say, young man, come on back here. What's your name? My name's Danny Brewster. Danny, he said, you just made an old man feel real good. But he said, I wouldn't want you to leave here under false pretenses of who I really am. He said, I'm still a work in progress. He said, now you've stimulated me to be a better man. But he said, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I could be. And I'm not what I should be. But I'm sure glad I'm not what I used to be. <laughs> and now you've stimulated me to be a better man. And so wow. he could he was so humble
1: that's that's the greatest
6: coach of all time and yep. had no vanity at all
1: that's that's an awesome story you know you know coach uh, i i i missed out on this opportunity because we didn't you know they weren't cell phones back there but some kind of way uh, coach wooden was in lafayette i, I don't exactly know what what, the, what it was but ricky bump was at the same event and ricky asked him coach wooden would you be, would you be able to come, and I have a practice in about a half an hour. It's, a, it's right across from Blackham Coliseum. Uh, w- was there any way you could come and talk to my kids? Coach, do you know that John Wooden took the time? I mean, who, you know, a guy like you and him, who would take the time to go talk to a high yeah, school team, done. and he took the time to do it? Unreal.
6: He's a real teacher. And, you know, I, I spent, he mentored me for 40 years, and I can't tell you the number of times I went to his house and. Californians got there at eight o'clock in the morning, left at ten at night, and he would say stuff. But I remember one thing distinctly: what he said. He, said, you know, Dale, I really, sincerely believe the best coaching in basketball occurs on the high school ranks. And I said that's really funny. I said I've seen some great, great. He's, oh yeah, I'm convinced. And um, he just, he just had an insight to everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Coach, you know, it's funny you mentioned about high school. You know, I was kind of looking through, through some of your stuff, and I'm, I know a lot about you, but I didn't realize this. Tell me how a guy gets from Minot, North Dakota, to, to coach high school basketball at Palm Springs, California. Can you take me through that?
6: Well, my wife is also a teacher, uh-huh. and uh, our salaries between us, <laughs> uh, we, we, we honestly – each month, and we never lived in a house. We lived in a trailer. Yeah. We lived in a little apartment, um, but we couldn't meet our bills, and we weren't bill dodgers. And every every month, it was the same thing: which bill can we be laid on? We just weren't making a living. Yeah. So my wife said, "You know what we should do?" She said, "North Dakota teachers have gone to California, and they make. We should go to California." I'd never been to California. <laughs> we packed up. We packed up our two-year-old baby. <laughs> we drove to california we started in southern california no connections there were no cell phones we went to school districts and worked our all the way up now we had to both get a job in the same town because we only had one one little car at that time and we had a two-year-old two-year-old daughter was in the back seat so the only town we could get a job together in was in berkeley she got a job at the high school uh-huh. and i got a job as a junior coach at Garfield Junior High School in Berkeley. Wow. And then I thought I would write letters. Yeah. So I wrote a hundred letters, and this stimulated me, Danny, to do what I do still to today. Uh, we wrote a hundred letters. She typed them up and got them. We made them nice-looking. I didn't have any references. The janitor at the school, you know. So we sent them to a hundred <laughs> Division <laughs> One coaches. Yeah. And the, the letter basically said, I'll, I'll come be a graduate assistant. I would even come one year free if you could put me on the staff. Only two coaches out of 100 answered. Wow. And I remember I was I was mad and I was disappointed. Uh-huh. And I told my wife then, we were in Palm Springs at that time. Uh, we'd moved from Berkeley to, to Palm Springs to, to where I coached. Yeah. And I said, you know, if I ever became a head coach in college, I would answer every telephone call. I would answer every letter. I said, that's really rude. So that was my history there. And then yeah. one of the guys called was a coach from Utah State by the name of Liddell Anderson. He was passing through Palm Springs to go down and recruit a junior college kid down in southern, south of Palm Springs. He asked me if I wanted to ride with him. So I rode with him. And by the time we got back to the school, he asked me if I'd be interested in being an assistant at Utah State. Wow. You know that, that that rocket that went to the moon and Mars. I, that's what I felt like. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was just it was just lucky. But um,
1: that's awesome.
6: John Wooden. He he said it. Um, he was talking about uh, coaching in general. He told me one time. He said, "You know." He said, "What people don't understand about coaching and teaching." He said, "No written word, no spoken plea can teach our youth what they should be. Nor all the books." on the shelves. It's what the teachers are themselves. And that's what he was, a great, great teacher. And that's what Danny Broussard was. (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The last count I heard you were pushing a thousand victories. Have you reached
1: that yet? Yeah, coach. I reached it uh, a, a year, two years ago. I'm, I'm like at a thousand eighty something right now. So yeah, I've eclipsed the thousand win mark in forty, 40 years of coaching, that's, coach.
6: That's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, coach. It, it, you know, uh, you know, coach. You're talking about uh, about those kind of records. You know, i, I tell you, you know what what really caught my eye was. Well, a couple of things about, about your record, you know, but, but Coach, it says here that you beat Kentucky in your career, you beat them 18 times. That's kind of, you know, Kentucky don't lose a whole lot of games, Coach. What, what would you think was your secret against Kentucky? Did you just have their number? I mean, you beat them 18 um, times in your career.
6: Danny, that, that is an excellent question, and I hope I can give as good an answer. I'll tell you yeah. exactly how it happened. All right. When I got to Baton Rouge, Jack Shallow was my assistant, and so was uh, Homer Drew. Uh-huh. Scott Drew at Baylor, and uh, Bryce Drew at Grand Canyon's father. Yes. And so we got a SEC media guide, and I said, hold on, this can't be right. Kentucky has won more SEC championships than any other. All the other schools combined. Wow. And I said, so then I looked up LSU. And with the great, great moments, fleeting moments of greatness with, you know, Bob Pettit and Pete Maravich, LSU had 14 out of 18, 18 seasons lo- losing seasons. Uh-huh. So I said, you know, we sat in a little coaches meeting and I said, we've got to get our key team. Well, the first meeting, we've got to get them to think big. And how are we going to do that? Nobody knows us. They never heard of Homer, Drew, Dale Brown, and Jack Shell. Right. So we had the first meeting, and I had written on the board in, in the athletic dorm, I'd written on our, our major competitor, Kentucky. How many times LSU beat him in history? One time on the road, one time in Baton Rouge. Two times. Wow hundred years. Wow. So I said, that's our goal. Yep. It isn't Alabama. Yep. It isn't, it isn't, it isn't anybody. It isn't that Tennessee It's nobody. North. That's what we got to go after. Well, I'm sure we let, they left that room thinking that North Dakota carpetbagger. <laughs> he's, he's wacky. What are they talking about? Well, we go up the first few years to get blasted. But I just keep on telling them, I know you're going to say, Hey, this system isn't going to work. If you stay with us, I promise you, we will beat Kentucky. Well, then all of a sudden, we started to dominate Kentucky. We beat them eight out of eleven times. Wow! We gave them their worst loss in Rupp Arena, thirty-five points. We beat them in the regional championships to go to the final four. Yep. Now, I honestly believe we talk we talk talk about X's and O's. I've seen you on the sideline. It's your enthusiasm, and I think the secret to really any. Head job, whether it be coaching or anything else, is if the players know how the players don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. Yes, and when that happens, I think I mean you couldn't stay in that position that long and have that greatest. Hey, you haven't had the greatest talent in the world. Um, you've had some good players, but you haven't had great talent, and you've just stuck in there. And I, it's nothing you can. There's no, you can't put a uh, mask, uh, a mask, uh, Mardi Gras mask on and fake who you are. Yeah. they'll soon understand that. Right, right. Uh, and then you know the final thing I'd like to say, I, um, I felt very much like uh, there was a professor at Yale, Danny. His name is William Lyon Phelps, and every year, the students of of, of Yale University would vote for the outstanding professor. And he won it almost every year. Well, now he's now he's Uh retired after 41 years. Wow. And he got up to speak. And this is what he said. And this is exactly how I felt after I retired after 44 years. He said, quote, teaching is an art so great and difficult to master that a person can spend a lifetime at it without realizing much more than their limitations and mistakes and distance from the ideal. And that's all I thought when I reached out to that. Man, I could have done a
1: lot better. <laughs> well you did you did pretty good, coach. And you know, coach, uh I, you know, I always as a young coach try to try to, you know, take things as much as I could. I went I attended clinics and everything. But but coach, I know you probably won't remember this. I'm not even sure we didn't break the rules that day, but uh, I was I was watching a live play and, and you you let me come into the dressing room after and, Coach, it, 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 you know, again, you, you try to learn something. I'm telling you, when I walked away from there, I said, wow. I, I was just so impressed. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I, think, I think it was y'all beating Auburn. I think it was Auburn that we had beaten that day. And uh,
6: Was it was that was that early? Was that with the Charles Barkley year?
1: I think it was. I think it was. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think it was yep, when yep. it was in. So, Coach, you went to every single player that played in that game and you found something whether that that kid might have had the worst game he's played in that but you found something good about every single player and I just remember watching. I just remember watching those kids. And, and Coach, whenever you mentioned his name, you know, it, that chest kind of stuck out a little bit. You kind of got a little Uh-oh. smile on that kid's face, you know. And Coach, I learned right then and there that, you know, wow, how powerful that was that you just took the time to go to every player. And Coach, I'm going to tell you, I stole that from him and I've been using it ever since. And I, Even Uh-oh. even sometimes when I can't, I can't find something too good, I'll, I'll point out something that that kid did in the game. You know, Coach, I, you know, I'm big on the fundamentals. I know you know that, and, I, you know, that's just kind of what. That's just kind of what our yeah. That's kind of what our program is built on, and so, Coach, I learned is that like it may be just a simple thing as one kid that met his pass. You know, he he went to meet his pass and he didn't get stolen. He got fouled, went to the field line, made, and I'll take the time to tell that kid. You know, y'all want to know why we do all these drills about meeting the pass drill. It just won us a ball game yeah, because yeah, Johnny yeah. went me yeah, made his pass, and instead of the ball getting stolen for a layup on the other end, he gets fouled, makes two free throws, and we win the game. So, but but I really learned that from you that day, Coach. And I, I'm telling you that was a long, long time ago. And uh, it I think it's really been a big, big thing in, in you know in our dressing room setting that uh, you know I've learned to take the time. And, and again, Coach, if I wouldn't have saw you do that, I I'd have never would known to to think about doing something like that. And a smaller thing as that was, it's it really made an impression. on man, I just <laughs> I want to thank you. For that because I use it, I've been using it for the last 35 years.
6: Danny, I've watched you before, and I, I, I in fact, I've called you when you have reached so many wins yep. one time. Yep, congratulated you. Yep. But what you fell into, and I hope I get this correct, but you're 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 a you're a real coach. I mean, it's beyond X's and O's or right. a dime a dozen. Right. You know? Right. But but, but 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 the word coach is interesting. It was first used back in the 1500s in England. And what they described it, a coach, this is exactly what a real coach does. A coach was a horse-drawn carriage used to transport a person of importance from he or she is to where he or she wants to be, could be, needs to be, or ought to be going. And all these years later, Danny, that's exactly what a real teacher and coach should be doing, and it works. Yep, I've, I have read. that you've I've been re- able to do it.
1: I have read there's,
2: that. There's
6: no pill, prayer, prescription, or magic wine you wave.
1: Right. That's right. Uh, coach Brown, would you be kind enough? Uh, we we. It he looks like we're going to be going to a break. Could you stay on and be on? I got a I got a few more questions I'd like to ask you. Do you have a little more time?
6: Absolutely. Uh, all right. I need uh, to be to do it. All right. Awesome,
1: y'all. Uh, I've had. I'm with Coach Dale Brown, the legendary coach of the LSU Fighting Tigers. Uh, we're here at the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. <laughs>
0: Jordy Holtberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now, back to the Jordy Holtberg Show on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back. I'm Coach Danny Broussard, the guest host today on the Jordy Holtberg Show. Uh, If you're just joining us, we're... uh, Honored to have with us today uh, the legendary coach of the LSU Fighting Tigers coach Dale Brown uh coach brown uh so uh you know i wanted to ask you this um what are you th- what are your thoughts um <laughs> i think i think i might know the answer to this but but i'll be interested to hear to hear what you're going to say but tell me what your thoughts are on the transfer portal that's happening these days <laughs>
6: i have um Gee, I, I, I talk too much. You know, John Wooden in five words can say more than takes me five minutes, but <laughs> it's insanity in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um there seems to be a better way. And also name, image, and likeness, yeah. I've always thought players should, you know, like player California's mother dies. You can't you can't give him a ticket to get it. he can't get back to the funeral. Right. A mother hasn't got insurance, she's got breast cancer. You can't get a local doctor. You, you can't, they, they, they were they were shafting kids. right And um, so for years, I've been an advocate that let's be, let's give these. Some men, Danny, you know this. You've coached so long. Yeah. A lot of kids came to LSU in battered tennis shoes. Yeah. They didn't even have dress shoes. Yeah. You can't buy them. Well, now, I was always for players should be paid because they don't have anything. Right. Most of them come from single-parent homes. Uh, the name, image, and likeness thing, the NCAA, which the only thing I've ever seen them do well is legislate against human dignity and practice monumental hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is greed. Mm-hmm. Now, the name, image, and likeness, the reason they let it go, it doesn't cost them anything. But right. Danny Broussard and Dale Brown are on the same team. Danny Broussard's a little bit better than Dale Brown at the, at the other guard. He gets $5 million to do a BMW commercial, I don't get anything. Right? Don't tell me that hasn't got some effect when it comes to passing the ball. <laughs> and it almost eliminates all, all coaches teach. The best potential of me is we. There's no I in the word team. It's going to have a lot to do with, hey, he's getting me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to score. When I'll score him, maybe I'll get one. So I think – and then, then the transfer rule, I think years ago, coaches used to leave their teams, wouldn't go to bowl games to go – Go, go play pro football coaching pro football uh-huh. so there should be some limitations and right now it's I tell you you got to be Houdini to figure it out i yeah, think it's a, right i think it's a major mistake. and the other thing uh now i've been, i've lived i've lived in louisiana 50 years yeah. coach 25 been retired for 25 you you can't even really know the players you can't get to know the players anymore they're in and out they're in and out and also, um, it's a, it's again, it's 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 an insane thing. Um, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is to coach now.
1: Yeah, that you know they, they, that's what I was thinking, Coach. I mean, can you imagine? So you know. Uh, back in the day, if you you know you're sixth man or you know you're seventh guy that you come to bring off the bench, you know get some pretty pretty good playing time. Now, coach, the the guy is the sixth guy. He thinks he should be a starter. He he's not going to stick around and try to try to you know become that that starter. He's just going to no say, question. "Yep, he's saying, no now, you question. know what, I'm going to go somewhere where he thinks the grass is always greener." You know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, mean, no I question. yeah. I, I'm like you. I don't it, see it, how you could coach him.
6: It, you know, what's happened, Danny. It's pretty simple. We've We've kind of lost our moral compass in this way. Now, I think the most paramount example, um, the first dictionary ever printed was, Webster Dictionary ever printed was in 1806. And under the word success, it described it fortunate, happy, kind, and prosperous. Now, if you'll pick up a dictionary from 1806 to now, it describes success as attainment of wealth, fame, rank, and power. So, we, we lost our moral compass, um, in in my opinion. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I totally agree with John
6: you. John Wooden, John Wooden, never ever lost his moral compass. I mean, he was, he was, he was the most gracious, wonderful, humble human being I've ever met in my life. And one night I was. There, it was his 96th birthday party, and he invited me to it. And I was with him all day. So I was leaving his little modest condominium at 10.30, 11 o'clock, and I had been with him all day. And as I was going out the door, I thought, this may be the last time I see him because he was getting frail. Um, you know, he had a, he had a walker mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, Coach, I don't know how to describe you. I said, I guess if somebody said to me, Describe John Wood. I said, Edgar Guest would describe you better than I could. He said, and you live your life this way. Coach. How do you do this? I said, Edgar Guest said, I'd rather see a lesson than to hear one any day. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you walk with me than to merely show the way. The eye's a better teacher and more willing than the ear. And the counsel you are giving, Danny, may be very fine and true, but I'd rather get my examples by observing what you do. And that's that's some of your magic. I mean, not, I I don't get to see you play a lot. Yeah, I don't get et cetera. But I when I've seen you, your kids know that you care about them. Yeah, and and you don't you don't have you don't. Have my mother was, my mother was a miniature John Wooden. She only had an eighth grade education. A um, biological father. This is not a sob story. Abandoned my mother and I two days before I was born and never came back. She had to go on welfare and become a maid and clean people's homes. And without her, I, I watched her two times, Danny, in the middle of winter, Go 35 below zero. She'd come home and take the groceries out of this brown paper sack and then write off what she got. I saw her go get her coat she I'll be right back. Where are you going, Mama? She didn't tell me. She came over and she had a quarter in her hand. She said, oh, the lady at Red Owl gave me a quarter too much. I'd rather see a lesson
3: and to hear one any day
6: there's an example yeah. and coaches are that way kids catch on you have no prayer of being that successful at that school that long without them those coaches realizing hey this is this is the real dude this guy cares for us yeah
1: well i i, I really appreciate that uh so so coach i want to go back to your lsu days you know you know coach i i um, i remember um <laughs> You know, yeah, I know. You know, I know. Pete Maverick came before you, and 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 kind of started the ball rolling. I think, it, as far as for you know, basketball in Louisiana, it just wasn't you know, just it was just a pure pure football state. But coach, I mean, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that that you changed you changed the game in Louisiana. You know, when you came, I, you know, it was so fun. I read that story. and I'm sure this is true that you would go around in Baton Rouge and you had uh, nets and basketballs in your car, and you'd see a basketball go, and you'd stop in and say, "Here's a new net and a ball for your goal." For the for the, your kid to shoot at, you know, I mean, I mean, that's that's like it's just it's just unheard of. That you would people would you know you would take the time to do that, but but you had a plan, you know. You came into Louisiana and you had a plan, and coach. I mean, you changed the landscape of basketball in Louisiana, and so me as a young coach, you know, I, I, I'm always thankful that you did that because. Had you not come around, who knows if, we, if the sport would be where it is today. It's, it's, you just had that much of an impact on basketball in Louisiana. And I want you to tell me how in the world could you get two teams, I mean coaches, great coaches that coached for years and never get to the NCAA Final Four. You did it twice in 81 and 86. Coach, how were you able to, to bring in such, such tremendous talent to the state of Louisiana, which was known as a football state?
6: Um, I think coaches prior to me almost had no chance of being consistently successful. Uh-huh. LSU was so dominated by football. Right. If you were a basketball coach and you came in the food line and the football team came in, they'd move you off the food <laughs> line and let the football team eat first. <laughs> well, I found out about that. Yeah. And I almost went I went in orbit over that. <laughs> yeah. I got that straight. Yeah. And everything was done. There was no, there was no promoting of basketball. I mean, right. and you know, this wasn't. They had two of the greatest players in the history of the game. Bob Pitt and Pete Maravich yep. played here. Yep, but they didn't. They, didn't, they just didn't get the publicity. So, what started out, I saw. I read every book I could about Louisiana. I did as much research as I could. I wanted. I didn't want to jump around. I turned down three college jobs yeah. and three NBA jobs. Wow, and I didn't tell the. I didn't tell the athletic director. I didn't tell the media. Yeah. But I, I loved Louisiana. I loved the people, and yeah. I loved what I was doing at LSU. Yeah. But well, there was no promotion. Uh, 45 days from the time school started until the first practice, 36 days, local newspaper never had one thing in there. So we kind of had to become even our own public relations people. Uh-huh. Well, I had an idea. I read, I saw in a magazine that there were nets being sold out of Korea. And you could get any color you want to. So I asked the budget of $1,500. They didn't have it in the budget. Well, I was only making $23,000. as the head coach at LSU. <laughs> no fringe benefits. So I spent the $1,500, ordered the purple and gold nets, and my two assistants, Homer Drew and Jack Shella. what are you going to do with those? I said, we got to publicize our program. So what we did, I got a little plastic bag, and I I I put um I put a business card in there and then I put our schedule in there. And then Homer Drew's wife, she wrote a little poem and it said, This is a net from the people in gold for a sport that will never grow old. LSU basketball wants you to join their safari and da 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 da. Wow. And on the weekends we'd all go in separate cars us three guys. By the way, we got seven cents a mile to drive. <laughs> <laughs> We drive to different places. Anytime we see an outdoor goal, we stop and introduce ourselves. You know, I'm the new basketball coach at LSU. Here's a golden... And they had had our schedule in there, had that little poem in there. Yeah, yeah. And I remember getting chased (laughs) by dogs. And and I'm sure there were people thinks This Yankee, this this carpet bagger, he's a (laughs) a total lunatic. And then what else we would try to do is... um, Anyway, like if a baby born, we'd give them a rattle with a little basketball on it or something just to
1: yeah, just promoting, keep promoting. it
6: in, yeah. and it paid off. Yep. The first camp I had, two weeks, we had 30 kids in it the first week and like about 25 the second week. So I said, man, we got to do something about this. The last few years I was there, we had three weeks of camp. We had 500 kids in yep. each camp. And the reason we had great high school coaches coaching them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I apologize for never working, Coach, but I was too busy putting my my own my own camp on. I couldn't get over there. Yeah, because <laughs> you know I would have loved to have gone. I loved to have gone do it, but I never could fit it in my schedule. Coach Brown, listen, uh, he's he's my guy, my uh, my producer over here. Uh, James has giving me the sign. I, we could we could talk for two hours, you and I. Uh, I there's two things I want to say before we break. Coach Brown, you were always, like I said, I'm nothing but a little high school basketball coach. You always, it's kind of, you and Coach Tony Robichaud, I tell this story all the time. I'm driving, you know, I'm driving the bus, Coach. I, dr- I still drive the bus 40 years later. Uh, we drive a yellow school bus to all our games. I'm driving the bus back from Lake Charles. We just won our third straight state championship in a row and do I get a text from Coach Robe and it simply said, in Coach Robe fashion, uh, uh, seems like you were the hammer not the nail. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, isn't that something? And Coach Brown, you're the same way. You always took the time to, to email me, congratulate me on winning a state championship, uh, just winning and get the thousands game. You've, you've always been so gracious. I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, you're a hero to me, and uh, I've taken a lot of things from Dale Brown, including the freak defense that's won me quite a few games, and I can't thank you enough for what you have done for high school basketball and for just basketball in the state of Louisiana.
6: Danny, you're most gracious, and I thank God for people like you that are in high school doing what they did, because I've watched you for years, and I keep on thinking, when's this guy going to burn out? <laughs> you still,
1: you got a new perpetual motion. <laughs> I still think I got another, t- another but, 10 but years. Thanks a
6: lot, Danny. Yeah. I enjoyed being on the program. You got a nice, you got a good program, too, and you know why? You're enthusiastic.
1: Yep. Well, thank you so much, Coach Brown. I really appreciate you coming on today. my
6: pleasure, Danny. Thank you so much. And continued success.
1: I appreciate it, Coach. Thank you so much. Love you, my friend. Okay, you you too, Coach. Thank you. Yep, that was the legendary Coach Dale Brown right there. We're going to take a time for a little break right here on the Jordy Holberg Show. We'll be right back with a little timeout. I want to thank the 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together. Or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
4: The game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. The red-hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: We're back. Thank you, James. James, uh, James. I guess I'm because um, because I do this thing. I guess I'm not eligible for that Houston Astros getaway weekend, huh?
4: <laughs> Unfortunately, not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be pretty nice. Matter of fact, I was telling somebody the other day they were like, "When," because I, I usually try to go at least one series a, a, a year. You know, and man, I haven't made it out there, and it, it's not looking good for anytime soon. Although I will tell you this. Got a nice little trip planned. My, my brother, Brent, a lot of people don't know Brent. He's, he's a quiet one of the family in the middle. And uh, he Brent's a baseball guy, coached at North Vermillion for, for years and won a state championship there. And uh, he's a big Braves fan. Uh and and I know my my boy should call in pretty soon, but my boy Bobby, uh, I'm a. <laughs> so as a kid growing up, I went to, to to the Astrodome. That was our vacation. We either went west to the Astrodome or we went east to Biloxi. That's that was our vacation. And so boy, Astro World, watched the Astro. So. As a kid, you you become an Astros fan, right? Well, then the Braves come on TV, Turner. So, you know, I kind of watched the Braves. I kind of was a Braves fan a little bit. Kind of liked them because you watched them. And then when Ron Guidry went to the Yankees, I became a Yankees fan. And Bobby Nerva tells me that there's no way it, it makes him mad that I'm, I tell him I'm an Astros and a Yankees fan. He said, no, you can't can't do that. <laughs> I, I said, what do you mean? I can't, I'm an Astros and a Yankees fan. I like both of them. And at one time, they weren't in the same division. They wouldn't meet to the World Series, where they never met in the World Series. So I could pull for both and be happy. And now they play each other. He goes, well, who are you pulling for? I said, whoever, whoever wins. <laughs> whoever wins that day, I'm happy. I'm not even sad about it. So anyway, man, James, um, how awesome was that with Coach Dale Brown. I mean, he, he's like, he's just, un- you, know, I, he, you know, I know he gets a lot of criticism for his coaching, but I'm going to tell you something, man. First of all, you know, to do what he did at LSU, and I'm just telling you, man, the guy is a motivator. He could get, you, he could get, and you know, some people did say that, you know, sometimes his most, his least talented teams are the ones that did the best because they played so hard, but he could get guys to play hard, and I'm, I'm just telling you, I could listen to that guy all day long. As a matter of fact, I have a, I'm gonna go visit with him. We had a schedule during the COVID time, but we had to put it off. But uh, we, I, I plan on going to spend a whole day with him just to to pick his brain. As you could tell, he the guy just is so knowledgeable, and he's just he's un- he's unbelievable. Did, didn't you enjoy that interview, uh, James?
4: Uh, it was great. Yeah. If I didn't have to raw y'all and kind of yeah, g- like get the segments back together, <laughs> yeah. I would have just let y'all go. <laughs> yeah. I would I would have no, just right. let it go for right. two hours if I didn't have to worry about commercials or like timestamps. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: I know what you say. It's like when you told me your time out. I'm like,
4: man, I, got, I know. I, I was like, going. I didn't want to. I right. didn't want to no. end it on that one, but I'm like, ah, I, we, I got to. Yeah, you we got we gotta, to. We got to
1: pay the bills. We got to pay the bills. No doubt. No doubt. Well, uh, that was Coach Dale Brown. Uh, hey, I want to. By the way, I want to encourage all my listeners out there. Uh, I, I got to fill this show for the next 20 minutes. So, hey, if you got a question or you want to get on me about something, call the hotline three three seven seven zero six. 0111. Love to hear from some of our listeners. If you have any questions about what Coach Brown said, or talk about, we can talk about anything. Y'all know I'm a baseball guy too. So but, but going back to my story, you know, I get I'm so ADD. But going back to my story, so my brother Ricky calls me and says, Hey, uh, I see why the Braves are playing the Astros in Atlanta. And I've never I've never been to Atlanta. So he said, How about we go? So, man, August uh 19th, 2021st, we're gonna go catch a three-game series, uh, the Astros and the Braves at Atlanta. I think that's gonna be pretty interesting to to watch, because again, I love baseball baseball and my brother loves the braves and that's I'm coming not, up yeah it's coming up okay. so yeah be there before you know it so uh august 19th so i'm looking forward to that uh i'm not looking forward to the drive up there i think it's going to cost about 10 hours but uh i like i'm not, i like to drive anyway so not a big deal but uh i think that'll be a fun trip with with me and my two brothers we don't get a chance you know it's funny how how life goes on and you know we really don't get a ton of time to just spend so this is gonna we, we were in chicago together for three four five for five days and that was awesome and now me and my brother brent and ricky are gonna get to spend up uh, three days in uh going to atlanta so i'm kind of looking forward to just spending time with them and you know we you know how it is when you get meeting public families you get old stories coming in and it, it's kind of fun and i gotta ask him so when i was like five years old what exactly did y'all think about me because i am 11 years apart from from my brother ricky and eight from from brent so uh, it's kind of like a big gap there. And so they have to remind me about, they, they tease me about, I had a car when I was 16 years old. And they're like, man, we didn't get a car until we were in college. How'd you pull that off? And I guess I was better than y'all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's, it's kind of about the same gap as me. Oh yeah. my uh, The the oldest, she's 11 and a half years older. And wow. the second oldest is nine. Okay. well Or, yeah. or just, just, under, just, just un- under nine. Just under nine? Hers is... Mine's in April, yeah. hers is in May.
1: Yeah. So just like me, eleven and eight. That's interesting. Yeah. So you have the same you had and you're the baby, James? You were the you were the I'm third of four. Third of four. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm the baby of the family. None came back after me. So uh yeah, I did get a little spawn when I was a kid in Leroy growing up. I got a car and I uh, was able to drive to Big Mo School as a as a junior in high school, which most of them weren't able to do that, and so that was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, definitely was a spoiled kid uh, growing up. By the way, I do want to put the record straight. Ricky and Brent were both valedictorians at Mo High School. And, uh, I came in as the third ranking student. So I I just want to make that clear. They, they were better students than I was. Uh, I think I'm maybe better at some areas than they are, but I was, I was, I was a better student than, than, I mean, they were better uh, students than I was. So, uh, it it goes hand in hand. All right. It looks like we got a caller, uh,
3: Brian, Brian's there. Hey, Brian, you in? Yes, sir. Coach. Hey, I want to tell you, man, I love the interview with coach Brown and, uh, the way you said how you wanted to pick his brain i don't know if you remember me i met you a few years ago at a team camp in natchitoches oh wow and okay and some of you guys went out to eat at that little restaurant on the river and i was just sitting there picking your brain <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of saying that man that's it's
1: awesome Brian. Brian, what's
3: great, great interview i just thank that, you that just crossed my mind by you yeah. saying that yeah i actually stopped what i was doing when the alert came on my phone that you were going to be interviewing i said man I got to listen to these two legends talk. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Thank- Brian, what's your last yeah. name? I'm a Lede. A Lede. Brian Lede. Yeah. And, w- and where are you coaching at, Brian?
3: Uh, I was actually uh, helping out my son's team in Lacoste. Oh, okay. This oh, was yeah. About 2018. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now I know who you are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah boy, yeah. Lot-
3: yeah. me and a bunch of your guys were, uh, were out there with some of the. Uh, the Northwestern guys who went yeah. out to eat. And to I was eat. Like, man, yeah, just picking some of your brain, man. It was it was great. It was a great experience. <laughs> well, I
1: appreciate that, Brian. Yeah. I've been, you've been around. Like, hey, Brian, you know Lacassine brings back the days, man. I tell you, boy. Oh uh, yeah, that's a basketball. Yeah, that's well, a man, basketball Lackersine, community now. If
3: you know about Lacassine, I'm really from Fenton. So oh, oh even, are you from Fenton. <laughs> Okay. That's, that's even more traditional. All right, you know, all right,
1: basketball. Brian. I gotta ask you this. Sure. I know you're gonna know. I know you're gonna know the answer. Okay. I can't exactly remember what year it was, but I was young. It was it was in the early '80s, maybe even '78, '79, early '80s. Fenton Fenton was playing against Midland. The game was at Crowley High School. I was at the game. It was at Crowley because you know back then, Brian, you couldn't play at your home gym for a playoff game, right? So so the game, Crowley had just built a pretty gym, you know, fits about, I don't know, 1,500 probably. Gym was packed, and it was Midland against Fenton. McNabb for Fenton and Briley for Midland. Two, I'm talking about, two of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the state of Louisiana. Now, the story goes is that... Uh, Is that and I I can't I don't know the names but it's funny but I can remember the faces but the kid from Millen wore goggles he was a really really good player and the story goes is and I I saw it happen it it, it, is this did happen for sure Fenton had a kid that had not played it all game long he was uh I you know I want to say kind of you know maybe a chunky kid weighing about maybe two seventy five I kind of and and McNabb pulled him off the bench sent him into the game. And the legend has it that McNabb told his kid, "I want you to take take him out, <laughs> get in like a so called fight, and so they'll throw both of you out of the game, and the best player from <laughs> Midland will be out, and we have a chance to win that." Do you know? Do you know anything about that story? Is there any truth to that? Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Tell uh, me about I, that.
3: I I uh, I don't know if I want to say it <laughs> off air, but yeah, I I know, I know the name, I know the player. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I've heard crazy stories about uh Coach McNabb, yep. man, which is a great guy, but man, it was uh it was a win by all means uh
1: <laughs> Yeah. It was pretty intense. intense. Yeah. It was pretty intense. Yeah. So so you're not gonna yeah. come matter out and fact, say for sh- you know about the story. matter of fact, yeah. I was
3: actually watching I was I was with that guy a couple of months ago, we were watching the NBA Finals. So, oh yeah. really? Oh, with the yeah. guy with the guy that I'm talking. about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we were talking about basketball. Yes. I understand. Uh, yes. I understand. Yes. I his, got you. His son is actually engaged to my sister.
1: No way. So, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yes. So you do I mean, know. So thin. you know we're, the inside.
3: We're small in
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So you'll neither confirm or deny, but you do know uh, of that yes. that incident. Yeah. I, I,
3: would, I wouldn't put it past. It. <laughs> Let me put it like that. I understand. I wouldn't put it past Coach McNabb. Man, he is a legend. Yeah, he no,
1: no, no doubt about that. Him, legend, and and man. and as well as Coach Briley at, at Midland, They're, those yes. guys there were. Yeah, I mean that was pure I, I, basketball. I
3: played, I played against uh, Coach Briley's yeah, son. Yeah,
1: you did. Yeah, I, I did. It. That I, was. Yeah. Whew,
3: that was. Yeah, that was interesting.
1: No doubt, I played against Coach Briley too when I was at Mo. We had some good wars. Oh. Mo Mo and Midland yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Well, Brian, thanks yeah. for the, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. I appreciate the compliment Okay, Coach, and thanks man, for checking hey, in,
3: man. You you need to get off that bench and man, radio maybe you think.
1: I don't think so, Brian. Fine. I don't I don't think so, but thanks a lot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach. Take care, hey, man. Good talking to you, man. Oh, I, I All appreciate right,
1: it. Bye. All right, thanks, Brian. All right, so uh, it's time for another timeout. It's the Jordy Hulberg Show. I'm Danny Broussard filling in for the irreplaceable Jordy Hulberg today. We're here at 103.7 The Game and 104.1 Lake Charles.
4: You can score an Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right, the Game 1037 Lafayette and 104 One Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do is is join the brand new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME, G-A-M-E, to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you will be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, you will have a ton of chances to score other great prizes, like Astros tickets and so much more. It's The Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com.
1: And we're back here on the Jordy Helpberg Show. No, I'm not Jordy. I'm Danny Broussard. I'm taking Jordy's place today. Hey, I want some of your listeners that are close to Jordy. do me a favor. Can you text him? Let's play a joke on him. Can you text him and say, Jordy, you better not take off too many more days. You're going to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> That's one job I do not want, and I cannot, I can never replace Jordy. He's awesome, and I'm glad to be able to help help him out. Um, so, uh, yeah, we just had on Coach Dale Brown. I hope you were here for that. That was a a great interview. He's he's unbelievable. He's one of a kind, man. And uh, next up is going to be Coach Ricky Broussard, a guy that I know pretty well, uh, a former UL Ragin' Cajun. And uh, also, we're going to end the day off with Coach Bobby Paschal. So stick around with us. It's retired legendary coaches day to day on the Jordy. Bog Show.